عبادي يقول التي هي أحسن إن الشيطان ينزغ بينهم وقال تعالى في مقام آخر فأقم الصلاة لذكري وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدين النصيحة قيل لمن يا رسول الله قال لله ولرسوله ولأئمة المسلمين وعامتهم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم
that we grant Luqman hikmah, wisdom. That personality whose wisdom the Quran testifies to, what can we think about his level of wisdom and depth of wisdom? So he gave his son many, many advices. And the Quran Sharif relates some of these advices, has recorded it for us. Allah Ta'ala gave to us in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ There are several advices in that one ruku of the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, and remember the time when Luqman said to his son, وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ While he was advising him, he said to his son, what he said could be mentioned thereafter, why is this separately being brought, وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ while he was advising him, which is a lesson to us, lesson to mankind on the day of Qiyamah. That this advice Luqman gave to his son wasn't a once-off thing. It wasn't only when there was some financial trouble that now the son was advised that you better bring your ways in order, otherwise we're going to sing. No, this is a continuous thing. In times of ease, in times of adversity. When everything is good smooth, when there's a problem, the advice is for all times. So Luqman gave his son numerous advices. On one occasion he said to him, over time I have given you 4,000 advices. 4,000 advices. If we reflect that how much do we advise our families, apart from the odd event and many a times our advice is just a reprimand. Something has gone wrong so we reprimand. But reprimand doesn't have the real effect. It's needed at times. But when you keep advising and advising that too has its way of going about it. He says that haq baat, haq tariqe se, haq jazbe ke saath, be asar kabhi nahi jati. Haq baat, one is that a person, what he's saying is the correct thing. What he's advising, he's not giving the wrong advice. He's not telling somebody something to do which is wrong. He's not encouraging somebody towards haram. He's giving correct advice. The first thing is what he's saying is right. But then together with saying what is right, haq baat, haq niyat ke saath, haq jazbe se, both comes to the same thing. That the intention for which it is being said is also correct. Sometimes a person is saying what is right, but with the wrong intention. For example, he saw somebody doing something which was wrong. The person is doing something wrong, he should be advised, he should be corrected. So now he is correcting the person. He's telling him. But why is telling him? Because last time he was told something. He said, here's my opportunity. I'll put him in his place now. I'll tell him, how are you also doing something? So that, what he's saying might be right, but the intention behind it is wrong. So what a person is saying must be said with the right intention. The intention is the seed. So sometimes he's saying what is right, but the seed behind it is wrong. It's like a person has planted the seed of a tree and is watering it with rose water. 
excellent. He's watering it with rose water, the sweetest thing. But thorns are still going to grow out of it. You don't have the good effect. So the right thing with the right intention. Intention solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And this is nasiha. Nasiha is well-wishing. With that fervor of well-wishing for my Muslim brother. That he must not be harmed in any way. He must not get caught up in something that will cause him destruction. With that intention. And then the third thing he says, Sometimes a person said the right thing, said it with the right intention also. But he said it in the wrong way. He said it in a way that instead of making it, starts breaking. He says it in the right way also. Says it with affection. Says it in a manner which the tone also is a tone of advising. Then he says that provided these three conditions are fulfilled, it is never without effect. It will certainly bring its effect. Sometimes immediately, sometimes after a while, but it hasn't gone to vain. It will bring its effect. So Luqman gave his son 4,000 advices. And on one occasion he says to him now that I gave you these 4,000 advices. Out of these 4,000 I am selecting four. Now, the first thing again to keep in mind is that we are talking about that personality whose hikmah and wisdom the Quran testifies to. So every one of those advices would be filled with wisdom. And now when somebody selects four out of four thousand, he's going to select the cream of the crop. He's going to select something that is the crux of everything. Something that is a cream. So, this four advices that he's going to give will be all-encompassing. And if a person brings four things in his life, inshallah, the road is open for him. It's not that the be-all and end-all. Like a person, he hears the six points, and then he says, well, we ain't got nothing else but the six points. No, the six points that we learn in Dawud, in Jamaat, what is told to us? That when these six points will come into the life of a person, inshallah, the whole of deen will become easy to practice on. Not everything, but everything will become easy to practice on. This is the foundation. So likewise, these four things are all encompassing. It will rectify a person's outer self and inner self easily if he brings these four things in his life. He says, I'm giving you four things now. I'm selecting four out of those four thousand. So what were these four things that he selected? The first thing he said to him, that, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي مَجَالِسِ النَّاسِ فَحْفَظْ لِسَانَكَ That when you are in the gatherings of people, then control your tongue. Why is he saying in the gatherings of people? Nobody talks to himself. The person starts talking to himself, then they will probably have an emergency appointment for him, something is wrong. The person is talking to himself. Obviously nobody talks to himself. People, when there's a gathering, there's somebody around, the person is going to talk. If you're talking now and there's somebody around, whoever it may be, whether it is a stranger, whether it is somebody known to you, whether it is somebody outside, whether it is somebody inside your house, your own family, whether it is your wife and children, 
with your parents, your brothers and sisters, whether it is your colleagues at work, wherever you may be, when you speak, control your tongue. Now, keeping again in mind that who is giving the advice, and he's saying that I am selecting this, these four advices out of 4,000. Out of 4,000 advices, I'm selecting four. And top of the list, control your tongue. So there has to be something very deep in this. There has to be some real depth in this. And if a person just surveys what goes on in our lives, then how many difficulties come upon us simply as a result of what our tongue has said. The slip of the tongue. A person sometimes says, no, well, I just in a fit of anger, I gave the three talaq. But now there must be some way of sorting it out. It is done already. The three talaqs is three bullets already fired, finished at the end of the story. Nothing can be done to mend it now. Now the person will start running from pillar to post to find some mufti who will say there is something like the Trinity rule, three is one. So there is no Trinity in Islam. Three is three. But now where did this come from? The slip of the tongue. That's why I say that the person slips more by his tongue than by his feet. When he slips by his feet, he might break one two bones at the most. A little bit more than that. But when he slips by his tongue, he might break hundreds of hearts. He slips by his own feet, at the most he'll injure himself. At the very most he might cause his own death. But with the slip of the tongue, he might injure hundreds of hearts. He might shatter hundreds of hearts. So therefore the tongue, controlling the tongue. Allah says, say to my servants that they must say that which is good, that which is better, ahsan. And therefore the mashayikh, one very famous statement of theirs, Pahlet pol pirbol. Pahlet pol, weigh it first. What is going to be the effect of the statement? What I'm going to say, is it going to make or break? Is it going to unite or divide? Is it going to bring about muhabbat or nafrat? So before saying it, weigh it. Then say it. Pehle tol, firbol. And in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, that among the things that will take people most to jahannam, hasa'idu al-sinatihim, the harvest of their tongues, take a person most to jahannam. This tongue can gain so much for a person. It is beyond imagination what a person can gain with this tongue. Just to understand this in the light of one hadith sharif, that if we consider who among us can ever dream of performing tahajjud every night, the whole night. We don't, perform, don't see the whole night, every night, the whole night. There were those personalities who did it. Maybe there's somebody here, Allah knows. But generally, none of us is of that capacity. That the whole night, every night, without fail, he makes tahajjud and nawafil. So what a great ibadat this is now. Together with that, a person fasts every day of the year, except the five days when it's forbidden to fast, every day of the year he's fasting. How many people have the capacity of that? Maybe there are some who do it, Allah knows best. But 
how many has the have the capacity for that and then supposing a person he spends a billion rands a day in sadaqa billion rands a day in sadaqa which world we living in somebody might say probably maybe we gone to zimbabwe or something we talk about zoom dollars billion rands a day in sadaqa who can how many can do that and if somebody has that amount of wealth too somebody needs that kind of heart also so who can match this that every day whole night in tahajjud whole night in qiyamul layl in nawafil every day fasting and giving a billion rands every day in sadaqa who can match this you can't even dream coming close to it but yet with the person's tongue he can gain more than this with the person's tongue he can gain even more than this more than all the three things combined in one hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam questions the sahaba ikram ala ubirukum masana tell you last nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is asking the question masana tell you creating the talab creating the thirst this is a thing that we have to create within ourselves create within our children create within others the thirst for deen the thirst for the akhirat we have to develop this within ourselves lama rumi rahmatullah alayhi he says aap kam jo tishna aur badast look don't look too much for the water don't go about looking too much for water create the thirst See, when you create the thirst ta bajoshad aap azbala wa pas then you'll find water gushing out of everywhere when the thirst has been created the water itself will just gush out from everywhere the issue is to create the thirst within ourselves and how we'll create this thirst by sitting among those who have the thirst by sitting in the talim that takes place the talim of dazail this will create the thirst by sitting in the gatherings of deen where is this encouragement towards deen encouragement towards the akhirat when a person will keep hearing about the greatness of jannat the bounties of jannat this will create a thirst for jannat but he all the time is only hearing about six figures and seven figures and telephone figures and then the telephone figures also with the international dialing code but then that's the thirst the person will have of the dunya only he's not hearing about akhirat he's hearing nothing about jannat he's not hearing about what allah taala has kept in amal that he will say one subhanallah what will gain for him subhanallah tamla'ul mizan that one subhanallah will fill the scales of good deeds of the day of qiyamah that subhanallah which is said from the depth of the heart with total ikhlas and sincerity with that fervor of iman wa subhanallah walhamdulillah tamla'an aw aw qala tamla'u ma bayna as-samawati wal-ard wan subhanallah walhamdulillah the person recites this will fill the space between the heavens and the earth with this reward when a person will keep hearing about this it will create some thirst to say subhanallah otherwise after fajr after asar that time too won't be available for a person to sit down and at least recite tasbih fatimi because the thirst won't be at all the person will be thirsty for anything else the thirst will be there for whatever might be still waiting in terms of some customer but the thirst for the akhirat we go to create this thirst by being part of the talim the fazail that are read out to us the other gatherings of deen Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is creating the thirst. Allah Uqdukum, but I not tell you the afbala min darajati salat wa siyami wa sadaqa. That somebody who will gain a greater rank than a person min darajati salat, putlak, completely general, no 
restriction of how many rakats. In other words, all the nafil that a person can ever try to perform in his life. We only said the night, add the whole day to it also. That the maximum amount of nafil a person can perform in his life, more than that. Or siyam, the maximum amount of nafil fast a person can keep, the whole year is fasting, besides the five forbidden days. And sadaqa, there's no limit to the amount of sadaqa. person can give every bit of the whole world wealth. All the gold and diamond mines he can give away. But should I show you somebody who will gain even more than that? Haru baraya Rasulullah. Sahaba ikram were all ears because they, as soon as they would be told one thing, that was it. They would hold on to it. And they would start pressing on it immediately. He said, please do tell us. O Nabi of Allah, Nabi said, Islahu zatil bain. That to create peace between two people. And generally, this will be with the tongue. Are we talking about the tongue? How much the tongue can gain for a person? Uh, he said some word which joined two people. There was some problem, maybe between father and son, between brother and brother, between neighbors sometimes, whatever sometimes these things happen between relatives. So now one was to tell the one person, well, this time, you see, this time you got a slap, you want to still go back, you'll get a kick next time. Rather forget about him. So that's one way of going about it. And the other is to say something that will now unite hearts. Okay, he made a mistake. Don't worry, you humble yourself. Just sort it out, inshallah, Allah will give you the reward for it. And he said this one statement and got the person ready to go and patch up. That one statement of his, Islahu Zatil Bain, Allah's Nabi Islam is saying, he got more reward than that person who performs the hajj the whole night, the whole life. The person who fasts every day, the whole year, besides the five days. And all the world's wealth put together in sadaqah can't equal the value of this person's reward or the amount of this person's reward in making that one statement to join two people. Islahu zatil Now this is 99% of the time with the tongue that you will either unite or you will divide. So this tongue can earn a great amount. Allah Ta'ala has given such a machine. It just goes on talking and talking the person doesn't get tired. He walks 10 meters and he's already panting sometimes. But he just talks 10 kilometers also and the tongue is not tired. So this tongue can earn a lot. But if the tongue is not controlled, it will lose everything. Or the person will earn via other good deeds. He'll make ribat and lose it. On the day of Qiyamah, those people who he made ribat of will come to take his good deeds away. He will break somebody's heart. They will come to take his good deeds away. So this tongue is very, very small, but its effect is very great. The positive also, the negative also, very major. So this is the first thing Luqman is advising his son. Say what is good, say what is better. Person is not being prevented by being jovial, by being light-hearted. Nabi Islam was light-hearted. Nabi Islam joked at times also. But everything within its limits. Everything within the boundaries. And when a person is within the boundaries and even that joking, that light-hearted talk, etc. too, will bring him further to, closer to Allah Ta'ala. Because that too will be done in the correct manner, with the correct intention. The first advice he gave was, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي مَجَالِسِ النَّاسِ When you are in the gatherings of people, look after your tongue.
Then he said to him, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي بُيُوتِ النَّاسِ فَاحْفَزْ بَصَرَكَ When you are in the homes of people, then look after your gaze. Why the homes of people? Because in the time and in the era, in the society that he was giving this advice, the only place that this could be imagined, that this parda could be compromised, was maybe inside somebody's home. Because there won't be any question of somebody walking out of the house in a way that parda is compromised. It will be covered from head to toe. But now in that two by two home, somebody went in as a guest. Hazrat Fatima anha. On one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu came and he knocked on the door and he said, Oh Fatima, Imran is with me, Imran bin Hussain radiallahu ta'ala So therefore adopt parda. So Fatima said, I don't have anything to make full parda. So Nabi Sallallahu took off his shawl, his sheet, and he sent it in. But now in one corner, you cover yourself completely with this. And then he came in with Imran bin Hussain radiallahu ta'ala Now in that kind of context, because there's no second room there, that's it. That's everything. That two by two is everything. And that is that two by two in which even that guest will have to be entertained. So in that context, Luqman is saying, that if you are ever in anybody's house, now it's a difficult situation. And perhaps sometimes there might be some situation which may just arise. You make sure your gaze is low. You don't compromise anybody else's parda in their home. But now it's no more restricted to anybody's home. Whether it is on the streets, whether it is out on anybody's business, and anywhere and everywhere, this is the, the, the advice that is applicable. And again, to keep refreshing this in our minds, Bukhman is giving this advice. And this advice he's selecting out of 4,000 advices he gave. The cream of the crop is giving. So what importance this holds, that itself is evident, that itself makes it evident. You say to him that when you are in the homes of people or in general now, look after your gaze. And unfortunately, this has become the greatest problem of our time or among the greatest problems of our time. It has become among the greatest barriers from a person progressing in deen, from a person getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. From a person maintaining and retaining some ruhaniyat and spiritual strength within himself. The month of Ramadan, a person will be engaging in tilawat of the Quran Sharif, be fasting the whole day, and he will be making other ibadat, making tahajjud also, and various other good deeds he'll be engaging in. But forget after the month of Ramadan, while the month of Ramadan is carrying on, as the person is gaining, he's losing, losing it via his eyes. Because while he's doing everything, he hasn't brought his eyes under control and as a result whatever is coming in is going out he was once traveling in Hijaz and and shadow over us for a long time with Afiyat he was also in the car few others were there the says that while we were driving now, Hazrat asked that what, what's the problem? Is the air conditioner not working? Because it was a very hot day and the car was boiling. So the driver is saying, no, it's working. It's working fine. He said, but why isn't the car cooling down? Then they looked in the back 
The one window in the back was left open slightly. Ahlullah take a lesson from everything. We also look at the same things and they also look at the same thing. We see something and they see something totally different. We just see one window open. But they see a whole door of knowledge opening out of it. Take a lesson from this. So you see that when we do ibadat, we perform salah, we fast, we make tilawat of the Quran Sharif, we give sadaqah and various other good deeds. This is like bringing on the air conditioner of iman and the air conditioner of ruhaniyat within ourselves. Yes, but we fail to close our windows. We fail to close the window of our tongue. We still carry on with the ribad, with lying, with all other evil talk, with vulgar things. We fail to close the window of our eyes. We are still looking at haram. We fail to close the window of our ears. We are still listening to music and listening to other haram things and vulgar things and obscene things. As a result of this, because our windows are open, the air conditioner is working. We're making our namaz, we're making even the takbir ula also, alhamdulillah, what a great thing. And we're making tilawat of the Quran Sharif. All this is very mubarak, very great. But at the end of the day, in terms of ruhaniyat, it's all where we are. Because the windows were not closed, everything was just going out of the window, fizzling out. So therefore, he said, while we keep our air conditioner on, we'll keep our windows closed as well. Otherwise, whatever comes in will be lost. So this window of the eye, unfortunately, is the thing that is the biggest window by which we lose everything. And especially in this zamana that we are in, where everything is at the tip of a button, at the press of a button, and the kind of haram that previously a person had to maybe make weeks of preparation, and he had to spend big amounts of money, and great amounts of effort to go and involve himself in that kind of haram, now the person is getting involved in that kind of haram at the press of a button. And as a result, the whole day's ibadat and the night's ibadat, and that is if there was ibadat to any extent also. And everything, the heart is at a zero, at a minus level already. Because of the eye. Because of where the eye is looking and what it's doing. And this has become a major catastrophe in the zamana. This has become the greatest fitnas of the time. Among the greatest fitnas of the time. The technology that has now engrossed the eyes and the heart. And the eye is the direct, it's a super highway to the heart. What a person sees, starts getting photographed instantly on his heart. And then a person comes and says, that I'm making sada. But unfortunately that filthy picture I saw is in my mind while I'm in sajda. I'm making sajda on that filthy picture. Can you imagine if that is the case while in sajda, then what is the position in other times? And what happens if malakul moth comes in that time? What will a person utter saying at that time? How will he leave the world? Because I... This is such a great gift from Allah Ta'ala, such a great na'mat. person should sometimes maybe, just to understand this na'mat of this eye, sometimes maybe just blindfold himself for five minutes, ten minutes, try to do the day-to-day -day things in life. Blindfold oneself and just try to do the day-to-day -day things and make sure you got somebody to make sure you don't bump into anything. 
Otherwise, maybe I might get a call that you caused it. So without putting oneself in danger, we should sometimes do this. Just understand this ni'mat. What a bounty Allah that has given us. And then to think of how we use this, or how we abuse it, and how we don't give any regard to what a gift Allah that has given us, and that we're going to account for it on the day of Qiyamah. إِنَّ السَّمْعَ وَالْبَصَرَ وَالْفُعَادِ كُلُّ أُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ عَنْهُ مَسْئُولًا Verily the hearing, the ears, the gaze, and the heart. There's three things mentioned here only. As the body has got many other limbs. But the gaze, and the hearing, the ears and the eyes, and the heart. These are the two highways to the heart. What a person hears, goes straight down into his heart. What a person looks at, goes straight down into his heart. And as a result, the heart then gets corrupted. Or if you're listening to good things, listening to and looking at good things, then the heart is enlightened. But if he is looking at wrong things, then the heart is corrupted. And heart is king. When the king is corrupted, then all the limbs and organs are going to be corrupted as well. Then the hand is going to go only towards haram. Then the feet are only going to walk in the direction of haram. And then everything, the person's life will get submerged in haram. Then whether his marriage breaks or not, that too will become secondary to him. Whether his own children curse him or not, that will become secondary to him. And these are not just some rhetoric and hypothetical things. These are the tragic realities that from time to time we have to listen to and face. But the person becomes totally oblivious of what's going on around him. Who's crying and who's dying and whatever else. Because he becomes so entrapped in that haram due to the misuse of his eyes, what he's getting involved in and the fitna that then the person is engrossed in because as we said the eye is the direct link to the heart and the heart is corrupted because of what the eye is looking at then the person is totally oblivious to everything therefore Luqman is emphasizing this look after the gaze one quote says that the, says it in one line at the beginning to the end in one line it all happens in one line one sentence Nazratun Tabtisamun Fasalamun, Fakalamun, Fama'idun, Falikaun. All starts off with the wrong gaze, the wrong glance. With one wrong glance, first the person casts a wrong glance, a lustful glance, then Tabtisamun, then he will smile. Now when he smiles, now he has to make salam also. Then he'll remember all the virtues of salam. Whereas that's haram to make salam at that time. And he's passing his Muslim brothers, hundreds of them the whole day. He didn't make salam to one person. Now suddenly when he cast the wrong glance, now he's remembering all the virtues of salam. And after salam, then there's some conversation, فَكَلَامٌ and there's an appointment and there's a meeting. And the person then disgraces himself. The way it starts off from the gaze. This has become unfortunately a terrible fitna and this is something which Nabi Allah says, that Allah Ta'ala says, in a hadith of Qudsi, that the wrong gland, the haram gland is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. Poisonous arrow of shaitan. Can we imagine if a person is drinking poison one sip? What happens after that one sip? But if he's drinking a whole gulp and then he drinks a whole liter of poison. So now each wrong glance is one poisonous arrow. And the person keeps looking at haram, it's arrow upon arrow of poison being injected directly into his heart. Then what becomes of that heart? That heart is totally poisoned. 
now the person these are things which are difficult to say in the house of Allah but for us to understand something and what people then come and or by their correspondence whatever then when a person somewhere down the line realizes how I had gone off then he says that this is a position that as a result of that heart being so engrossed in that haram and that filth when he's involved in halal also he's involved in the worst haram when he's involved in halal also when he's with his halal wife also he's in the worst haram because his mind and heart is in the haram that he has seen this is the result of that eye Allah Ta'ala says this wrong glance is the poisonous arrow of shaitan man tarakaha makhafati the one who will forsake this glance who will meet out who will refrain from it why makhafati purely out of my fear and that fear is not the fear where a person fears like a person fears something that will harm him like a ferocious animal or something that fear that is generated by love person has great love for his wife so now he doesn't want to say something that's going to displease her he's not afraid that she's going to be able to hit him or something but he doesn't want to say the wrong thing he must get displeased so for the mortal love a person is so careful what about love of Allah Ta'ala his heart is for the love of Allah Ta'ala oh gul gul nahi bismay bu nahi oh dil dil nahi bismay tu nahi Ya Allah, that heart, that, that flower is not a flower which has no fragrance in it. It's a plastic. It's something that's artificial. It's made of glass. What kind of that? You look for it for a moment and then forget about it. Nothing to it. But that flower which has that fragrance, that is kept, that is smelled, that is, that will, when a person just uh, breathes a little deeply into that flower, it freshens his whole mind up. If that flower is a flower which has fragrance. The poet is saying, Wo gul gul nahi, nahi. That flower can't be called a flower which doesn't have a fragrance. Likewise, dil, dil nahi, tu nahi. Allah, that heart is not a heart wherein you are not there. That heart wherein Allah is not there. And that heart is something else. That heart can be called stone. It can be called anything but a heart. And that is why the Ahlullah, they are called Ahle Dil. Whereas Dil, heart, everybody has a heart. But they are called Ahle Dil because they really are hearts. In their hearts is Allah Ta'ala's love. So this haram love, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Mantara kaha mahafati. The person who will give up this haram glance out of my fear, I will grant him such iman that he will taste the sweetness of it in his heart. It will be a physical experience, not something just figurative. Figurative is there. And one meaning of this hadith is, that he will get the sweetness of ibadat. Now when he will perform salah, his heart will be in the salah. Now when he will make tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he'll want to continue. Otherwise, many a times the person says that in one night I read one novel. One night, one novel. And whole month and weeks and months go like this. I ask the person, but how much Quran Sharif you recite? There's nothing. Quran Sharif is waiting for somebody to pass away. Then he might read a few ayats of the Quran Sharif. Otherwise, Quran Sharif, there's no tawfiq to open the Quran Sharif, but the person is reading one old novel, two, three hundred pages a night. But it's the kalam of Allah, wa ta'ala. This is the nur, this is what will enlighten our hearts. This is what will bring barakat in our lives, barakat in our homes. No day of ours should go by without the recitation of the Quran Sharif.
if there isn't any practice of daily tilawat, then we should start now, today. Not tomorrow, today. And when we go home, open the Quran Sharif at least, tonight, and read half a page. From tomorrow we can make it one page, inshallah. For tonight, read three lines. But start tonight, the barakat of starting tonight, inshallah, will carry on then. Because we heard something today, we learned something, we revised it. We heard about it previously also. We revised the lesson today, we made amal upon it. Man amila bima alima ilma ma lam ya'lam. When a person will practice on what he has learned, Allah Ta'ala will grant him knowledge from the unseen. So, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, this is what we should be doing. So here, this, when a person will give up these haram glances, he'll get that halawat of ibadat, he'll get that sweetness of ibadat. Now he will get that enjoyment in his salah. He'll get that feeling and that pleasure in tilawat. He'll want to raise his hands and talk to Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, we have all the time to complain about all our problems. From morning to evening, a person complains about his problems. But a person raising his hands and talking to Allah Ta'ala who can solve those problems, that he doesn't have time for. He will be able to meet every person and talk about the problems he has. But to raise his hands for two, three minutes also, and to present his difficulty to Rabbul Alameen, Ya Allah, you are the controller of the universe. And you have every qudrat, you are the owner of every power. And with your qudrat, you can solve every problem. Ya Allah, you remove my difficulty. That much time we won't have. But the issue is to bring this halawat of iman in ourselves. And the main thing in this time and age is that to make that mujahada, to break that heart. To break that heart for the sake of Allah Ta'ala by refraining it from haram. And when a person breaks the heart for Allah Ta'ala, as one poet says, that bacha bacha ke na rakh, ke aina hai wo aina, ke shikasta ho to aziz tar hai nigah aina saaz mein. So don't try to save this heart from breaking, but breaking for Allah Ta'ala. Don't save it. If now there's a situation now, either that heart is attracted so deeply that the person feels, if I don't give in to this temptation, my heart will break. It is break then. Don't try to save it from breaking at this point. Where are you going to let it break for Allah Ta'ala's sake? Break it. Because this is one thing. Normally when something breaks, you say throw it away. It's broken now. No use. But when this heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala, now it becomes more beloved. Everything else breaks. It loses its value. But when this heart breaks, provided it breaks for Allah Ta'ala, its value increases in the sight of its maker. Normally a person makes something, is broken, he's disappointed. It is broke now, throw it away. But when the heart breaks for Allah, Allah Ta'ala is happier. It has gained in value. So don't try to save it from breaking. It's a mujahada. But with that mujahada will come the halawat of iman, the sweetness of iman. So Luqman Salaam is giving the same lesson. And unfortunately with the technology, that, that the situation it has created, a person says, but how? How we have to now make that pledge with Allah Ta'ala? I miss you this technology one more time, I'll break it. Sorry about the price. Sorry about the command of Allah Ta'ala. I miss you this one more time, I will break it. Break it in a hundred pieces. Then, we will find that the ibadat that we do, the tilawat we make, the salah we perform, the other good deeds we do, we'll find that this inhalda is being maintained, is retained. Then something is growing within us. Then there's some form of iman. Otherwise, all the things that we do just get strained away. So the second thing Luqman Salaam mentioned to his son, that, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي بُيُوتِ basarak. Time is very limited just to quickly finish off with the other things he mentioned. The third thing he said, 
When you're on the dastarkhan, when you are sitting and eating, now look after your stomach. Eat out of need, not out of greed. Eat to the extent that you need, not to the extent that you can see. As long as it's day people, sometimes some, some people say, I'm on a seafood diet. As long as I see food, I must eat. So not on a seafood diet. But a person eats how much he needs to eat. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mats, Allah Ta'ala's present, even somebody by all means. But to eat more than a person's need is very harmful physically and is harmful spiritually also. It creates spiritual lethargy as well. A person eats to his need, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has given him ni'mats, make shukr. He'll get closer to Allah Ta'ala with the shukr also. Allah Ta'ala hasn't put in somebody from halal ni'mats. But when a person starts overfilling the stomach, Nabi Islam says, A person hasn't ever filled a vessel, and that filling of the vessel is worse than filling of the stomach. No vessel that a person fills can be worse than filling the stomach. This is the hadith of Nabi Islam. A person eats, eats to his need. Nevertheless, there's much in this regard, but just to go on to the lack of time to the next nasihat he gave. That وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي الصَّلَاحِ فَحْفَظْ قَلْبَكَ When you are in your salah, now look after your heart. In the homes of people, look after your... In the gatherings of people, look after your tongue. In the no, homes of people, your gaze. And now that's anywhere and everywhere. And on the dastarkhan, look after your mouth. And when you are in salah, look after your heart. That now this heart must be focus towards Allah Ta'ala. Not that now the person left everything else and came, but he left his heart there and came. He left the business, he left his job, he left his profession, he left everything, left his house, and he came to the masjid, but he left his heart behind also and came. No, we bring our heart along. When a person says Allahu Akbar, then his heart says Allahu Akbar. When he's saying Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, then his heart is saying Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Now his heart is focused towards Allah Ta'ala. And when the heart will be in salah, this khushu will be developed, then that salah will become salah. In a salah that tanha anil fahsha iwal munkar, now that salah will become, that salah would itself become a barrier between every evil thing, between all the uh, vulgar things, between all the lewd and immoral things, that salah itself will become a barrier. But provided that salah becomes salah. But this khushu in that salah, this is the ruh, this is the soul of that salah. If there isn't a body, there's no place to put the soul. But together with worrying about and to bring the soul in, we have to make the structure correct. To ensure the body is there properly. We have to learn how to perform the salah correctly. The sunnah postures of salah, how to say takbir at tahrimah, how to stand in salah, how the ruku has to be made, how the sajda has to be made, all these sunnah postures. Then that structure will come right. Now the soul will also be possible to fill into that structure, into that body. And now then this heart will become, as that Paul says, That won't be the case. This heart now will be receiving the love of Allah. So this was the fourth advice he gave. That when you are in salah, then look after your heart. After having given him these four advices, say, I'm giving you two more things. 
somebody had object i said four only now i came out another two hours okay the time now is over and another two came away so supposing somebody told us they're going to give us four million rands and after giving the four million he said wait i think i'll give you another two by another five or doesn't matter what difference it is and if i can't carry it my brother is here he'll help me to carry it so lukman sallallahu alaihi wasallam said four but that jazba that fervor that enthusiasm to benefit to give something further to try and pass on the maximum you see there's two more things let me give you two more things he said two things don't ever remember and so first one these two things don't ever remember what don't remember number one don't remember your favors to people if you've done a favor to somebody you did it for allah taala wala tuqilu sadaqatikum bil manni wal adha allah taala says don't destroy your charity by reminding by giving reminders and giving this taklif after hinting to the person i did this for you and i did that for you so any favor we've done for somebody we did it for allah taala allah taala already rewarded it it was done for allah taala allah taala already rewarded it so now that we already got rewarded is like you sold something to somebody you sold it to him he paid you the money you got the money you don't keep talking about it i gave it to you you gave it to him but you got the money back he gave you the price for it here you gave it to him allah taala gave the price and allah taala gave that price which no investment can match it that a person gives something equivalent to one date with ikhlas and sincerity allah taala nurtures it in the akhirat to the extent that if it was done with ikhlas it keeps growing and on the day of qiyamah the person sees mountains of good deeds he'll ask ya allah what is this i didn't do all this allah taala say that one date you gave that one date you gave grew it uh the investment grew and this is the returns so that investment a person has made allah taala has given him the returns and when a person does some favor to somebody is something to be very grateful to be very grateful that allah taala used us for somebody else's good because allah taala wanted to give it to him allah taala used us as the postman to deliver it allah taala could give it some by somebody else also it was never mine i gave it away to somebody it was meant for him Allah Taala wished him to him made me the postman to reward me. It's my good fortune. I should be making sure Allah Taala, Ya Allah, you enable me to do it. Otherwise, Allah Taala can use anybody else to do it. So, if we've done somebody a favor, Lokman Salatu Wassalam is saying, forget about it. You did some good deed, forget about it. It was done for Allah Taala. It's done. So, don't remember your favors to people, and don't remember somebody's ill treatment towards you. somebody has given some ill treatment to you has done something uh negative towards you forget about it don't ever remember it because remembering it and walking around with that what is going to do what is going to help one is a person has a claim somebody is owing him some money or whatever then he goes about it in a proper procedure and he makes his claim and tries to gain whatever his right is in an according to the proper procedures without making a some going out of the boundaries and doing something that will go out of the bounds of shariat and deen out of the bounds of akhlaq that is something else but to just carry that in the heart that so and so said this to me so and so did that to me etc etc what does it help 
it's merely carrying that baggage on one's head. So somebody said something, one baggage, one bag, and somebody else another bag, and then a third bag. And who's dying under the weight of that baggage? Whoever said something, they walking around merrily. They forgot about what they said also. And we are under the weight of all that. So how does it benefit us? And if we forget about it, we are the ones who benefit first. And we forgive it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, we benefit here and in the Akhirat. Bukhmah is giving his son this advice. That two things forget about, your favors to people and people's ill-treatment towards you. And then he says two things don't, two things always remember. Two things forget about, this was the two things, and two things always remember. One is always remember Allah. Always remember Allah. Allah is your creator. Allah is your sustainer. Allah is your nourisher. Allah is all seeing. Person forgets Allah Ta'ala, then he will forget even himself. Don't become like those who forgot Allah Ta'ala. As a result, Allah Ta'ala caused them to forget themselves also. That a person forgets, I am a banda of Allah Ta'ala. What am I doing? How am I conducting myself? I am an ummati of Rasulullah Sallallahu I go to stand in front of him on the day of Qiyamah. And besides that, my a'mal are being presented to him. Every week, the a'mal of the ummat are presented to Rasulullah Sallallahu Like a person now, he is going to write an exam. He is very worried because the report is going to go home. So now he doesn't want that terrible report to go home. So though he wasted time the whole year, but now exam time comes, he's working hard. Because he doesn't want his parents to see a bad report. So likewise, an ummati of Rasulullah he's conscious, I'm an ummati of Nabi Wasallam, And my report is being, is being presented. And when he will get that report of what I'm doing, will it not cause the cleave to his Mubarak heart? Will I not be causing pain to my Nabi? That the kuffar in the life of Nabi Wasallam, the kuffar threw stones at him. And they hurt his physical body. And with my amal, I'm going to hurt his Mubarak heart. So a person who forgets Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala forgets he's an ummati of Rasulullah Sallallahu And he forgets what taklif is causing to the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu I'm going to look at this haram and this is going to be mentioned to my Nabi that this ummati of yours, this is what he's doing. And what taklif this will cause to my Nabi. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on Mi'raj. Then on the first heaven he saw Adam Wasallam. And when he looked towards his right, Adam Islam would look towards the right and he would smile. And he looked towards the left, he would cry. So later on, Nabi Islam asked the angels that were taking him, that what is the meaning of this? He said when he would look towards the right, he would see the souls of all those children of his who were right, who did good in the world. And this would give him happiness. And he would smile. When he would look on the left, all those that are destined for Jahannam, going towards Jahannam, this would give him taklif and pain and baka to cry. In Allah arwah and in the heavens, Adam is still feeling the pain of this. Nabi is being presented with the amal of the ummah. Today the ummah, the taklif that the ummah is giving to Nabi this is the result of the conditions that we are facing in the world. So first he said, so always remember Allah Ta'ala. When a person remember Allah Ta'ala, then he'll remember himself also. Remember Allah is all watching. Allah Ta'ala knows. He knows the deception of the eye. 
He knows what the heart is concealing. Everything might be dark. I might have switched the lights off and shut every door. Allah Ta'ala knows where my eye is looking, what is inside my heart. He said, always remember Allah Ta'ala. And always remember death. Always remember death. Person who will remember death, Allah Ta'ala will be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And a person who will remember death, and he will remember that death can come at any time. Very recently, a few days ago, one person mentioned that somebody in the locality passed away, but he had actually gone away, like it might have been. Didn't tell anybody where he's going. So nobody even realized he was something had gone off. And when they find after a day or so realize this person is missing, nobody knows where is he. How they started looking for him, eventually they found him with his body already decomposing. And the haram that he was watching was still on. The haram that he had been watching at the time of his death was still on. It might have happened maybe 24 hours ago or when from the time he was gone missing and his body was still in that same posture and already decomposing. Death comes at any time. A person who will remember death will stay away from the disobedience of Allah. A person who will remember Allah Ta'ala will stay obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And a person who remembers death will stay away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Because if a person doesn't like to die in a particular manner, doing something, or doesn't like to die in a place, that he shouldn't do that act and shouldn't go there. Because death could come there. Malakul mouth could come there. person passed away, these are not good things to speak about. Allah Ta'ala make everybody's makhirat. And what is going to be the case in some, with somebody on the day of Qiyamah? Allah Ta'ala alone knows. But we have to take an ibrat. We have to take a lesson. One person pulled a one-arm bandit, as they call it. And he ended up slumping on that. And passed away with his one hand still hanging on it. And then crashed to the floor. All these are unfortunately the things that are happening. These are realities person passed away on the bed of zina and then they had to come and carry his body out of there. Death comes anywhere, Allah Ta'ala protect us and Allah Ta'ala save us. A person who remembers death, then will stay away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So Luqman gave his son these advices just to just recap again very quickly. First he said to him that when you are with people, look after your tongue. Then he said look after your gaze. Third thing, look after your stomach. 